0: By you happy or everything.
1: Your blue sky. i don't know. Yeah, no, no, it's good. Well, I
0: think comfort, the the questions are really gonna be just because you're so busy, you know, you're so busy and you have so much going on, you're being pulled in like three different, four different directions, at all you know, almost every day. It's uh, the curiosity with me. Is how are you balancing that, right? So you know, let's just start there. I love that. I love that question. Right. With with what you do, from doing stand up to you know doing. Do I say commentary? Do I say is that is that the best? Yeah, okay.
1: sure. Play by play commentary, of course. Yeah, play by play commentary. Basically, you and Joe Rogan do the same
0: stuff, but you do it for wrestling. Joe does it for uh, UFC. Um, and Joe gets paid a lot more money. Yeah, and Joe, yeah, and Joe, <laughs> Joe gets all the perks and none of the downsides. Um, mm-hmm. But when you get pulled all those different directions, how do you balance relationship with your spouse and building
1: relationships with the kids? How do you do that? It's it's still a work in progress, to be honest. Because prior to having a family, I just said yes. Yeah. to everything and unless it didn't make sense obviously as a professional no matter what profession you're in you have to weigh the positives versus the negatives is this going to be worth doing or not but for the most part i would always say yes to pretty much every gig is in in essence it a lot of times would lead to other things but now i'm so much more um cognizant of my time and obviously like listening to your show helps a lot too because you, you just there's little tidbits that you pick up on and you can start to use them and everything you know so For me, I have to weigh, all right, is this worth doing? Is it not worth doing? And how can I make it work? So for example, like, you know, I'm about to hop on a ship for 12 days. Not what I wanted to do, but it's one of those where like, I say no to most of those opportunities. This is one I had to say yes to. So it's like you balance things out and you talk it out. And then just, I do my best to make sure I'm available. Like even if it's a a bad Wi-Fi situation on the ship. Um, Fortunately with voiceover, I do all that from home. So I can essentially do reads all day. I can do auditions all day if I have to from my booth. So I kind of like hop back and forth. Sometimes I'll just go into my booth for an hour after everyone's already going to bed, you know? So that way it's like, do I lose an hour of sleep? Sure, but at the same time, it gives me an hour to be productive to where I'm not necessarily, you know, missing any time with the family. So it's it's a big, big delicate balance and I'm still doing my best to work on it. And I, I do put a lot of pressure on myself and that's something I'm trying to improve upon but um, I do put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm aware of literally every second.
0: So when you say you put a lot of pressure on yourself, um, what do you mean? You mean you put a lot of pressure on yourself to like, to try to appease both sides of the, of the coin, you know, like to make sure that your family knows that you're there and that you're, you're available, but at the same point, you want to make sure that in your professional side, you want to make, make sure that they know that you're available, right? I mean, the, that's what I'm saying. When you're being pulled from both sides of that spectrum, how are you keeping sane? Like, how are you not? Because like, there's got to be a lot of sense of self-doubt that, that sets it, right? Because you definitely are, you drop the ball, it's just inevitable, especially when we're busy. So what are your, some of your techniques to get you kind of back on that path, right? That, you know, because you're going to veer
1: right and left and things aren't going to work and you're going to hit obstacles. What keeps you on that path like to keep moving forward? I mean, I think trying to make yourself a daily schedule that you're, you're not, you know, you don't have to keep exactly to it, but plan out the day ahead. Just say, okay, I'm going to get up at this time because I can do this before I do this. And then it, it really does help you budget out your day. Some people love schedules. Some people don't like schedules. I understand either perspective. It depends on your personality. But for me, as far as putting pressure on myself, it's really more on the family side of things. Like I want to make sure that like, you know, like you said, you, you have a responsibility. So I want to make sure that I do everything possible to be the best husband and the best parent, that I possibly can be, because, you know, you came into a family of five, six, wow. your wife, and then the five kids. And that was over a decade ago now. So for me, I'm, I'm still learning how to be a parent. you know, thank God, my wife did such an amazing job with her kids. I mean, the kids are absolutely incredible to where I, I'm grateful every single day. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm still learning. And I'm still maybe 50-50 on making the right decisions, you know, because I, being a healthcare professional by trade, I'm a fixer, you know, I, as a physical therapist, I want to fix things right away. Like I see you're injured. Give me your arm. I'll fix it. Well, I'm I'm learning slowly that with, with kids, sometimes they could fix it themselves. Just let them talk. So it's really hard for me to just bite my tongue and not say, <laughs> not say anything <laughs> sometimes because like, I want to fix things. And like, That's I think bad. I have the answer. Course. But like you, you say, sometimes you don't need to have the answer. They'll figure it out. So like, I'm still, you know, less than 50% effective on that, but it's definitely, um, I've been improving for sure. But as, as far as balancing everything, it's, it's a day by day thing. And anytime I have free time, it's, I, I try to make sure that like, no, before I make any kind of plans, I want her to know about it and let's see what we can do with them, you know? Okay. okay. So
0: then when you're talking about, um, your 50-50 awareness and where you're at, you feel like it's you're in a healthy healthy spot right now because it's, it is healthy to be aware of your shortcomings. I mean, it is, I mean, and not only that, but to be able to speak about, it, right? To actually put them out into the air because a lot of men won't um, admit at all that there's any leaks in the boat, right? No way, I mean, this yeah. thing sealed, it's ready to go. And it really, it takes a strong individual to to be honest, not only with your partner and the kids and but to be honest with yourself, right? So do you feel like um, do you feel like you could be doing more on that end or do you are you comfortable kind of where you at? I mean, there's nothing wrong by the way, there's nothing wrong with the. 50-50. Yeah. there just isn't. I mean because at the end of the day, you're still percentage wise over you know the longevity of the relationship 5050 is really great numbers oh okay i was trying to get
1: better with it no 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 they really are because here's the thing
0: mind you you could jump 60 40 70 30 or you know whatever but at the end of the day we're still human we're going to make mistakes kids evolve get get older they change your your relationship with your spouse changes and things change in your family from finances to location being busier with work or not being busy at all and then feeling almost like you're, you're self-sabotaging because, you know, you get comfortable at home. There's a lot of different variables to play into So that's why when I say that 50-50 split of being aware of your shortcomings, but also being aware of your strengths is a really good spot to land in because it's healthy. Mm. It's a healthy position to be in, right? So do you feel comfortable there or, do you, or are you constantly chasing perfection?
1: Oh, that's my biggest problem. I'm I'm constantly chasing perfection. And I'm glad you brought up the whole no leaks in the boat comment. I, I'm glad that you read the negative comments from and on the podcast, because when I hear those comments, I actually, you know, I kind of, I empathize, but I feel sorry for those dudes because I mean, it, there's nothing wrong. I'm the first one to admit that I'm learning every single day. Like I remember the day I told her, I'm like, you're not gonna believe this. I found a stepdad podcast and I'm w- listening to every episode. And she started laughing like in the best way possible. Like I'm taking notes. I'm trying to figure this out. And then she got, she became very grateful. She's like, I can't believe, like I would never thought that you would actually look, think about that. Right. You know, yeah. like I was trying to, any avenue I can do to become a better man, a better human, a better parent, a better husband, I'm going to take that avenue. And right. so um, when, I, when I hear the guys that are very defensive, it's like, yo man, like I understand why you're defensive. It probably goes back to something in childhood. We all got something. You know, I am a perfectionist, you know, like I'm rarely ever satisfied. Like I'm grateful for what I do in my career, but at the same time, there's always people you can compare yourself to Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're going to beat yourself up over and stuff like that. So for me, I I am constantly chasing perfection and that's still, uh, still a big issue. Um, but she reminds me all the time. She's like, Hey, just be yourself. Just you being here, just being yourself. Is enough. So, you know, give yourself a break. I'm working on it. Right, good. Okay,
0: that's it. Let's see it again, 50-50. Healthy, very healthy. All right. I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give you a, a question. I want you to just kind of answer it. You know, let don't don't ponder it too much, whatever your instincts kind of tell you. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so far, to date, what's your biggest challenge that you have about being stepped stepdad?
1: Biggest challenge. I'd say my biggest challenge is. recognizing that everyone has a completely different mindset and personality and way of doing things than i do um being patient is yeah being patient along with it i'd say patience is the he, the biggest challenge by far because i'm the kind of person and look i was i was single for most of my adult life i'm in my early 40s now you know so it, the adage is true the older you go being single, the more set in your ways you are. So for me, it's like, if I want something done, I want it done now. If you're not going to do it, then I'm going to do it. Right. Well, as you know, that's not necessarily the greatest parenting in the world. That's just essentially it makes them assume you're going to do shit for them. You know, so patience is my biggest thing, like, and being a perfectionist, it's kind of a rough combo because I want everything to be exactly how I think they should be all the time. And that doesn't have to be the case. You know, especially when you're raising teenagers, because they have a lot going on in their head too. I mean, yeah. we're all in high school. We thought, we thought the sky was falling three times a day when everything was fine. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, I agree. like, I, yeah, putting myself in other people's shoes and just remembering that I can be patient—that not everyone has to have my exact mindset—is okay. So that's sure. definitely the biggest challenge.
0: So the question I have for you, on when it comes to some of the things you've said, so you talk, you keep using, uh, you keep bringing up perfection, and your are perfectionist. Yeah. So then you demand the same thing out of your kids and your wife, right?
1: At first, that was the plan. And then I realized that is the absolute wrong plan. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And so in turn, they are teaching me that what I am is okay. And it's perfectly fine. Uh, I still battle with it myself because I, like I said, I pressure myself high expectations, but also, yes, it's, um, Learning, you know, try, try to be as a positive of an influence as possible, positive affirmations, things like that. Like if someone comes home with a bad test score, you know, try not to jump on it right away. Try to like ask a couple of questions first to where how we got to this bad test score and what does it mean in the long run? You know, that we had that with our 12 year old recently. Right. Um, he's never struggled. He's always been a top notch student. He came home with a pretty rough test score and not the worst thing in the world, but really bothered him. And so now we're trying to work on, okay, let's, let's be patient here. Let's take it one thing at a time and get to that point. But obviously the day he got the score, he came home, he was in a mood. He was not, he was not happy about it at all. You couldn't say anything to him to make that better. And so it's a matter of just being, you know, patient with it, I guess.
0: So you, so, you know, the steps on how to um, navigate your way through the perfectionism of yourself by applying what you're learning in life, whether it be with work and your family to your kids so the bigger question here is, and what's so hard to take your own advice? Why is it so hard for you to take your own advice?
1: That's a great question. I'm still working on that answer, to be honest with you. I think it's, um, great answer. you know, I, I think we all have a certain chip on our shoulder, uh, no matter what life you live. Uh, I think mine goes back to I guess as a kid I always felt I was a chubby kid, very chubby and got made fun of a lot. I'm not going to complain about it. It is what it is. It gave me a sense of humor. But I I think I constantly felt overlooked and underestimated throughout my entire childhood. And um I think that definitely led into adulthood to where I feel like, you know, starting stand up and getting in entertainment was the greatest thing that ever happened to me, but at the same time it it's also been hard because now it's not like a thing where right I have this job I'm gonna work many years I'm gonna get my salary at the end of every year and then I'm gonna get a bonus. Right. When you're chasing a dream, let alone various dreams, like I'm a weirdo, I'm doing so many different things. <laughs> <laughs> you start every week at zero. You know, like I talk to my friends all the time. I grew up with. They're like, "Well, I know what I'm making." I'm like, "Yeah, every every Sunday I start at zero, and I have no idea what's gonna come, yeah. what's coming, and and." and you know, to her credit, she's, she's pushed me towards, you know, believing in myself. I've, you know, um, I left physical therapy behind and it's been a great move, but uh, I think it's that chip on your shoulder. It's like, how do you deal with it? So for me, I still feel, and I don't know if this is warranted or not, maybe it's just all in my head. I still feel overlooked and underestimated when it comes to play-by-play, when it comes to stand-up, when it mm-hmm. comes to vo- voiceover, literally everything I do, I still feel like, not enough people see what what I can do, right? And that's not a bad thing.
0: That's that's the fuel to keep the fire burning. There's nothing wrong with that. That's like that's like uh, that's like my son needing um, personal motivation when playing against kids that are just nowhere near his talent. Now, one of the things that I tell him is you have to find a reason to be competitive, and if these kids aren't being competitive. Or, for instance, in where what you're talking about when it comes to being overlooked and not enough people know who you are um, there's there's a sense of, of 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 freedom that lives in that because you're fully aware that's the thing you got to remember the awareness is huge for so many different on so many different levels, but you're fully aware of what your shortcomings are or the chip on your shoulder the thing that drives you and fuels you right that's the reason that you keep going that's the reason why you can bomb on stage and get back up on stage every comic knows mind you i'm not a comic i just have comic friends but every comic knows you you're gonna it's you're gonna bomb it's just it's inevitable everyone does it's a 100% foregone conclusion like you know like the sun will rise tomorrow and you're okay with that you're okay with bombing because you know that there's a, you're gonna get another you know, shot at it, right? And then yeah. when it comes to, you know, you're working as a, again, as, as somebody on the sidelines where you're doing play-by-play and commentation, you're, you know, you have you bring a lot of color to the television, stuff like that, but there's not enough people watching the show or not enough people commenting or, or, or even seeking you out. So that keeps driving you to try to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the awareness of them not knowing that it's a great, that's a great motivation to have right? It's a great motivation, but your perfectionism and that motivation don't mix. That doesn't make sense to me. That's where, I, that's, where okay. you, that's where you really lose me because you're fully aware of your shortcomings. You're fully aware of what drives you. You're in an industry where failure is like first on the list, which is why nobody does stand-up, right? I mean, stand-up and public speaking, I'm assuming those are the two scariest things in the world Uh most people. And you're, you're, it's like, you're such a professional at it that you understand the failures that need to come with it in order to grow. And you're like, you fully accept it. Like, cool. I accept that it's going to happen. You take it, you pick out what you need from it, you throw it in your bag and you move on. But then when it comes to you as a person and that perfection yeah. of always wanting to be right, that's, that's where, see, that's my disconnect with you, John, is uh, it's that you're fully aware on one end, but then you're fully clueless on the other not knowing you already have everything that you possess to let go of your perfectionism. If perfectionism means, if you're a perfectionist, it means that you hold yourself to such a high standard that there's no way you're gonna fail. I'm gonna get this done, it's gonna happen, I'm gonna succeed. But we all know that the chances of that happening are what, like 5% tops? That is gonna go the way you assume that it's gonna go? And then after a while, like I said, like I said, like I'm being on stage, you get to a point where you're like, oh, shit, okay. Failure is good. I need that, right? I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm making my peace with it. It needs to happen because, again, failure makes you get more creative, which then makes you work on more jokes, which makes you work on delivery. It's not even about delivery. you got to have time and you got to have everything. Same thing goes with being a step-parent about or being an entrepreneur like yourself. It all is the exact same thing, just filtered out different ways, and you're okay to do it here but you're not okay to do it here. That's the connection you need to make with yourself. It's kind of like you, it's almost like you got to forgive that old fat kid. I mean, serious. Like I know you said, like, I'm not bringing it up. I don't want to talk about it. I got made fun of yada, yada, yada. I don't think about it anymore. Bullshit. Of course you do. And you might not think of it consciously, but it's definitely sits in the back of your head. Hence your reason to be fueled is because you were overlooked.
1: Right. And that, that's a good point too. I, I think that, that is something there. I I think, um, I'm a, I'm a a definitely a people pleaser. And I don't know if that, that goes into being a healthcare professional, but no, I really think it's before that. It's that I'm, I'm so concerned with not letting anybody down. <clears throat> and I think that's where the difference is. Like, like you said, if I bomb on stage, who cares? I learn from it. If I flub on camera doing an on cam <laughs> for a broadcast, well, you know, who hasn't done that, right. but yeah, I guess when it comes to, I I have such respect for being part of this family. Now I, I it's weird. It's like, I I, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to mess anything up. And like, I, I think that's part of it is even outside of my family. I, I don't want to disappoint people. I think that's constantly the thing that's always in my brain. So that's a good, so point.
0: Let, let's, let's get you, let's get you started on the right track then. I think what you need to do, man, is you need to sit down with your family and you need to let everybody in the house know that you're going to fuck up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to drop the ball. You're going to do things that don't make sense. You're going to, it's going to just guys, I'm walking into this so you guys understand and fully know that I am not perfect. Everything that I'm doing is brand new to me. I'm literally learning as I, I'm learning how to ride a bike while the person is putting the bike together. I mean, you're literally writing and building at the same time. Right. I think if you can be honest with the family on that end, if you haven't yet, or maybe you need to redo it, but be more assertive about it, you'll then learn to, It's like my kids, man, and my wife. I don't want to let them down either. Like, I want to be there for them. I want to solve their problems. I want to do all that stuff too. I mean, it's an instinctual thing for people like us. But when you can get to a point where you you can see it in their eyes and you can verbalize it to them and then you can get the head nod or you can get the feedback, like, hey, it's okay. We know you're going to make mistakes. We're just happy you're here. We're happy you stayed. We're happy you didn't dip out. We're happy that you're trying, like, Trust me; those are vocal, those are things that they probably have never vocalized to you, or not on a one-on-one or a group base. So, you are still questioning, like, am I doing a good job? You know, did, is
1: everybody respecting me? Do I feel value? Like,
0: it's these, yeah,
1: you know, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Right. Yeah, I think I think if I took the love languages test, I'm pretty sure that would probably have to be one of them. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, probably, it's for sure, man, and that's why I'm saying, like, it, like you're so. You'll, you'll be so quick and easy to give the advice to your kids and to be like, hey, look, it's cool. You failed You failed on a test. That doesn't define who you are, just defines who you were in the moment. That doesn't tell you what right. kind of you are, it just tells you who you were at that moment. You could be having a stressful day, something happened at work, Friend, like there's a billion things that can happen. And you're okay to tell them, hey, you gotta let it go, move on, learn it, learn from it, let's, let's work on it. But then you you're, you refuse to go into the mirror and say those exact words to yourself. And I think that all stems from this feeling that you have of being overlooked or being underestimated or being undervalued. Like, mm-hmm. I gotta be honest with you, man, when it comes to your family, so take their career out of it. When it comes to your family, you don't need to prove much more. You really don't. Right now you're, it's all about like maintaining relationships and building. Communication. It's not a, like you've already proved your worth when you didn't leave in 30 days, when you didn't leave at the first big fight, when you didn't leave at the first, you know, like that's like me leaving when my daughter said, You're not my real dad. Like I could have left then. But the fact that I stayed, the fact that I stayed says a lot more about me as a person than it ever will about the actions that I take. Right. So, same with you. Like it really does help because I've done it. Sit down, even if it's individually. Like I, with my son, I sat down like, Hey, I don't feel like I'm doing a good job as a dad. Is there anything I can do better? Like these are conversations you need to have with the kids and then let them speak because then it'll take a level of pressure. off you, So you don't feel like you have to somehow, you know, you know, not walk on eggshells, but you have to somehow like be so perfect around them that if you do make a mistake, it's almost like you feel like it's the end of the world because it's not. I used to feel like that too. Yeah. When I made arguments with my daughters. I would say this phrase to my wife. You don't understand. You're mom, so you can get into a fight with them today, and they're going to still love you tomorrow. I'm stepdad. I can get a fight with them today, and they can disown me tomorrow. That's the difference. And my wife made it very clear to me. She goes, that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. And I go, well, what do you mean? That's how I feel. She goes, if that's how you feel, then you don't feel loved. And immediately I, re- I thought to myself, oh, this, this isn't about me. This isn't, I'm making it all about me. And it's me not, right? So I would just, if you're going to be pulling from both ends, being 50 50 and being completely aware of who you are, man, it's really important that you remember that uh, your kids don't need you to be perfect. And FYI, not and your wife. She just, I, she would rather, you said it yourself, be you. You is not perfect in any way. Right, then it'll take a level of that pressure off, and your
1: creativity will start
0: to grow a little bit. That's how I feel, at least.
1: No, you're absolutely right, and I feel I, that's the thing is that the, the creativity does feel like <clears throat> stifled sometimes because I'm because <clears throat> I'm constantly thinking about too much other stuff. Right. So I think you're absolutely right on that, and just yeah, being more being more open is is something her and I have talked about all the time because it's just nothing like growing up. It's just not it, it wasn't part of our family was was great. But it just wasn't part like we weren't like the most open. and I'm not saying that is like a bad thing. It's just we weren't. And so that's something I'm learning on the fly on top of like you mentioned, riding a bike while there's someone's building the, putting the back wheels on. <laughs> yeah. so yeah, like just being open and sincere is um is something that it's it's a work in progress for me as well. but you're yeah, right well, but again,
0: just give yourself a little credit, man. If you're aware of it.
1: I don't know I can't stress that anymore.
0: You're aware of it. There are so many clueless individuals who. Or having a rough time or having a bad time or things aren't working out and then they ask for advice or they ask for guidance but because they're not aware of their shortcomings all they want to do is listen is have you listen to them complain but they don't oh solve me. the problem don't mess around and solve the all at all they feel it's like it almost a thing that keeps them alive right that's that 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 feeling that you have of like needing rumors or needing somebody to pay attention to you what's going wrong in your life, because it makes somehow makes them feel seen
1: or something. I don't know, but anyway. well, let me ask you this. Have yeah. you ever had, you know, a conversation with one of your kids? where you say, Hey, how am I doing? What could I be doing better? And ha- if they ever responded saying, you're good, everything's okay. Like, <laughs> so, like yeah, but, but,
0: but when I, but I, I start the conversation off like this. Um, Hey, I want to ask you a question that you need to understand that you're not going to get in trouble. Like there's no way. There's absolutely no way you're going to get in trouble. I I I'm trying to become a better man leader and father. I really want to become a great entrepreneur, but I also want to become a great just person all around to my friends. So if you could choose, if you had to choose like two or three things I could do better, whether it's listening, whether it's you know hanging out with you more, maybe I'm too hard on your chores, just whatever it may be, just let me know. I mean, it's definitely not gonna change overnight, but I need to be aware of this so I can work on it and then leave, mm-hmm. just give the floor to them. Smart. Open-ended. Got it. They see it. Just leave, get the floor to them, And then when it's over and when they say what they say, you know, kids, kids will say something like, Wait, you're not, you're not mad. Are you right? And they'll they'll say that phrase or you're not, a pet that I told you those things. Mm-hmm. So that's why when they're done saying what they say, give them a big hug. Say, Hey, you have no idea how much this helped me in life. Thank you so much. And then just leave it at that. Walk out. Yeah.
1: Our twelve-year-old's hilarious. He likes to. If he ever wants to be honest with me about something, he'll preface it by saying, "No offense," but or "To be (laughs) fair," and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, go ahead, let me have it." Yeah, that's that's when somebody starts off with the phrase "No
0: offense," it just basically means they're they're gonna offend or they feel like. But
1: but but it's a good reminder for me to not be like, "Hey," I'm like, "Okay, yeah, take it in, take it in." You're right. That's their
0: level. That's the way that they communicate with you, and that's why I'm always pushing the whole like know the kids' love language because if if you if you are trying to communicate with your kid in their comfortable field, which is their love mm-hmm. language, whether it's the quality time, the, uh, you know, the, the words of affirmation gifts, however it may be. Um, if you're doing it in the, in the environment that they're actually open to the communication, then the conversation will go a lot easier and it'll go quicker. It's not a lot of talking. It's straight to the point, mm-hmm. but it's when you try to have conversations outside of that level of comfortable or comfortability, maybe it's in front of other people in the house or, I don't know, what whatever scenario that may be, then they tend to hold back a little bit because they're afraid that they're going to get, what? In trouble, right? That's why you got to kind of preface it. Like, you're not, there's no in trouble here. As a matter of fact, this isn't even about you. This is about me. I'm trying to become a better man. I just want to know, if you had to help me become
1: a better man today, what would it be? What what would you do? What would you say? Stuff like that. And and I know you've been really transparent about, you know, um, your oldest, essentially being the, the most difficult path. Yeah, same boat here. Um, what has been the most useful uh, tool or resource to really uh, open things up there? Well, knowing her love language was step
0: one because I knew that she was. I was going to get um, that pushback and that wall and a damn army and a moat and boats and and the infantry and the freaking navy around this wall, and I would have to try to figure out a way through it. Um, and then I just realized that negotiating through communication in a proper way with her is the, was the way to do it. So once I learned her love language, then I was able to communicate with her in, in ways that helped open up little doors. It wasn't like one big jump. It wasn't like your love language is this. I'm going to communicate now. We're gonna. It's perfect. It was more like I took baby steps, and I realized that it was working. Then I kind of increased those baby steps into full steps. And then it got to the point where she actually realized that, oh, he actually is paying attention to me. He actually knows who I am. He, you know, He's actually asking questions that have nothing to do with him and everything to do with me. Then she started to finally open up. And then when that happened um, and she finally started to open up with me, I, I kind of just, I was real honest. I was real honest with her. Like, hey, I'm, I'm not here to replace dad. That's never been my objective. I've never, never, I can't do that. Matter of fact, I make it a point to talk about their dad as often as I can. Uh, we have pictures up in the house with him. Wa- I have them watch videos, don't lose his things like that, because what it does is it shows that I care about the past and I care about how we got here. But then I also am I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware that I have to respect that past in order to go to the future. Which is why in my daughter's wedding, when she got married, the first thing I did when I gave my, you know, the father the bride speech, the very first thing I did was I thanked Chris's family. I thanked her dad. It wasn't even about, like, my daughter and her husband or my family and the kid, like, nothing. It was, let's take a moment to respect their father that's not here, their family members, mom and dad that are at the table that get to join us. Like, I made it all about them, right? Yeah. And that's where kind of everything just really, everything just tilted on its side in my direction. So, Yeah, it's being aware, awareness is like, I could have made the speech all about like, this is my daughter and her big day and make jokes and funniness. But it was like, no, even when I was writing the speech, I remember going, I I gotta really, I just gotta give tribute to her, her, their dad. Because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have five kids. That's the way I have to look at it. I just have to. And his mistakes and shortcomings that he did, which caused, which led to his death, um, also weren't his fault, right? Those are just demons that he dealt with. can't fault him for that. All we can do is respect it, talk about it, be aware of it, move on. That's it. So that's how I dealt with my oldest daughter. And then again, like I said, it paid off. You know, I got that letter when she graduated that just totally said it all. I mean, I keep the letter right here in, in my... On my side thing, is just like a reminder every time I feel like I'm dropping the ball or I'm not doing my best. Right? But I'm not trying to do my best. I made it very pretty, kid. You are not going to get the best from me because I have no idea what the best looks like. I'm This is my first run at this. No clue. None. And I can't go out and buy a freaking stepdad dummies book and they're going to give me the answers because everybody's journey is different. Everybody's scenario is different. You know, so, anyway, that's how I said. Um, All right, thank you. What is your? What would you say so far to this to date? What's your biggest win? As a stepdad, not in not in your
1: as a husband, not as a uh, uh, you know in the business side. As a stepdad, as a as the leader of your home. Yeah, without without question, it's uh, and it may not always be in front of me, but without question, it's the the kids referring to me as dad.
0: Yeah, nice. That's
1: that's, that's the greatest. Now, like I said, it, it may be. Uh and maybe when they're talking to their friends or something, and then you know, my wife will have to tell me about it or whatever. But like, um, that feels really good. Like, or like, you know, the 12-year-old's pretty open about it. He'll be talking to his friends and you know, I'll be picking, oh, my dad's here. Like look, just the little thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Trust me, I know. Bro. <clears throat> I
0: know. I even yeah. to this day, my three youngest call me dad, my two oldest call me Franco. And till this till this day, I still get goosebumps and I still get chills when I hear. Hey dad. I'm
1: like <laughs> Isn't it? I know that's and and granted, they'll still say Johnny at the at the same it, it's you know, but that's okay. Like they could they call me Johnny, but it hearing them refer to me to other people as that means even more. That's my dad. I agree. When I, like so my two oldest, whenever I
0: whenever they're talking to their friends. Okay, my dad said it's cool, you come over. I'm like, and I don't say shit either. I'm just like and, and yeah. I my can see it in my face because it's and it's in 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 and that's been like that. Like it's I've never demanded that they call me dad or refer to me as dad cuz I just don't give a shit because they same don't, same. I don't, yeah, I don't need a title in order to know who I am and know my worth in the home. I don't need titles for that.
1: So and I've even said to them. I said, "Hey, whatever you guys are comfortable with is fine with me. I'm never going to put pressure on you for it. I'm yeah. the same person regardless." So, yeah.
0: That's good, man. That's big. But I agree with you. That is something that is not talked about enough. It's that feeling that you get when the kids refer to you dad it's not even calling you yet like my three youngest like i said great to call me dad i love it but when my two oldest do it nonchalantly in conversation to their friends or when i get introduced hey guys this is my dad it's my mom and i'm just cool so i agree I love that. all right that's your good win okay um okay so we already kind of talked about this but i'm going to break it down a little bit more um because i want you to dive deeper just real quick into this so what can or should you change about yourself that would be a positive influence for your for you, your your wife and your family?
1: I think without question, it's uh just forgiving myself. Forgiving. For what exactly? I don't know. I think just uh just basically wake up every morning and be okay with everything I've done in the past, who I am today, and what I'm gonna do tomorrow instead of, um, thinking that if I don't do a certain amount of things, the day is going to be a failure if, you know, um, so I think, I think really just, uh, I think forgiving myself and just being like appreciative of everything I have and everything I've done and just take each day as it comes, as opposed to, you know, like earlier in my, my life, I was always like, anytime something cool would happen, I'm like, all right, great. What's next? Like I remember when I got my college degree, I, I, I got my physical therapy degree. I remember thinking, now yeah, this is great, but I don't think I'm gonna do physical therapy for the rest of my life. What's next? That's I've always been that way. And it wasn't until like literally the last like four or five years I finally started to like take a deep breath, take stuff in, think about it. And now that's especially what I'm trying to do. So I think um I think just taking a step back and letting stuff soak in and just forget, I don't even forget myself is the right term. Just like not bad. being is it go, yeah. I don't know, being oh. just being good in the moment, being good with the moment, being good with what's happening every day, and just um, also just being able to handle situations better as far as like um, not not because th- this it, is my first run at you know, a family, like you said. Oh, yeah, not every situation has to be stressful on me, like I may not um say it audibly, but it'll stress me on the inside where I'm like, no, not every situation needs to be that. It's just part of family. Right. What can you do to remind remind yourself? I mean, I think breathing has been a big part of it. Uh, I'm definitely, I try to do breathing techniques and stuff like that. And just, um, you know, allowing myself to, instead of talking right away, taking stuff in before i say anything which goes along with being patient i think oh, is so the main the so, yeah i think just um and maybe this has to do with too as, as men age you know like i said i'm in my early 40s now you know mortality starts to set in and your shortcomings start to set in more you think back to the past a, a lot more like what could i have done better things like that i think i think all that kind of it, i don't think it's talked about enough with men i really don't um and i don't think men are are willing to be open enough about that kind of stuff. And I think that's why we see a lot of men aging so poorly. It's because they, they reach a certain age and, and they start to think like, well, it's all downhill from here. It's like, well, no, dude, it doesn't have to be. Um, You just got to find your Avenue of, of, of being positive and, and finding ways to, to be productive every day in your family and whatever you do outside of your family, your career, you know?
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you're pulling yourself too many different directions? Sometimes.
1: Yeah.
0: Currently, Sometimes I do business and your, and what you do for a living. Do you feel like you're being you're purposely or you're unknowingly pulling yourself,
1: like stretching yourself. Thin? Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, be now, if I just had one profession, I, the answer would be no, but every week to week, it depends. I, I don't know what I, is, is voiceover the focus this week. Maybe it is, is stand up the focus. Maybe it is, or is play by play the focus. Maybe it is. And so like trying to, to balance all that, um, like I said, I had to cut out physical therapy. Fortunately, I've been able to, but there's no way at this point. So she even said, she's like, you cannot keep going to a hospital and still do all this. You are a professional at all this stuff. You're going to be just fine. So she really forced my hand and thank God she did because it's, it's made everything so much better to where now I can focus on all the stuff that I love and my family that I love, like, it's just, you know. That's my circle. And it is funny how they say once you have a family, and I think maybe it is as you age, you really do do keep your circle smaller. She also taught me how to just like kind of like cut people out that don't provide a benefit Mm because my excuse used to be, you know, I've worked in entertainment for 17 years. You know how many scumbags I'm friends with that I don't really realize (laughs) are scumbags? She'll read people right away, and like, but my excuse always used to be, "Yeah, but I've known him for fourteen years." She goes, "Just because you've known him for fourteen years doesn't mean you have to keep talking to that person." I was like, "Oh yeah,
0: you're not giving you any value. What's what's the reason to keep them in your life?"
1: Yeah, little things like that, you know. Like I, I'm not phased by, you know. You have friends that are comics. Stand up comedy is a very ugly world, and for me, I'm at the point now where like I love stand up. I'm proud of what I do. I'm grateful when I get work but I have no interest in being in the scene. I have no interest in going to clubs every single night. I have no interest in hanging out uh, until 2 a.m. at the comedy store. I just, I don't have room for that in my life anymore. And I'm hundred percent okay with it.
0: Okay. And then, but what, so then you said that about comedy. What about comment, commentary? Like what about play-by-plays? What about the sideline stuff? Is that, is that your passion?
1: Is that where you, is that where you like most of your love is? To be honest, I think it's fine. It's weird saying this because we're, you know my special just came out but no i i my play by play skills and my my skills <clears throat> as a live event host stuff like that to me are are higher than my skills as a comic so like when i was with WWE i was 100% okay with doing nothing else that was my job i didn't have to do stand up this is my focus and so when i'm hired for an by an MMA company boxing company any combat sports professional wrestling whatever That to be honest, that is kind of my happy place because, like, you're working with a team. I love working with a team to put out a great product, you know. So, I would say, yeah, I would say if if the right contract came along, I'd be 100% on board, um, you know, whether it be with UFC or whoever, uh, uh, to do that. And so, I love stand up, like I said, it's always going to be there, but I, I, I would say, broadcasting play by play, there's just something special about doing it, and not a lot of people know how to do it well. You know. So
0: do you think that um, the stand-up that you do, because it's pretty much just a hobby, right? I mean, I'm assuming it's a hobby because you're not wanting to do it professionally. You just made it very clear that you don't want to do, do the comic store. I mean, you did a special, but you're not trying to get on Netflix. You don't want to be in that world.
1: Well, no, I do I mean, I'm about to hop on a ship and perform for twelve days so yeah that there's I get, that. I get that, but you're you're
0: being hired not just because you're a comic, you're being hired because you're a performer I mean that's just what you do you're the the confidence behind a mic or the confidence no the confidence behind a mic is is not something that everybody's good at, right so when you're really good at what you do, you don't even have to be good at it I mean, and people will hire you for it so if comedy is it is a side gig it's your side hustle if that's what we're doing one of them yeah yeah side hustle um do you feel like that stops you from finding the different avenues you need to find to get back into the loop for commentary wwe w you know like ufc or all the other new ones that are coming out like do you feel like you're being like you're selling yourself short because you're not putting enough time and energy into one thing because you're you're spread out
1: I don't think so. Cause I'm still doing all the active stuff as far as, as reaching out, having my footage, um, my reels and, and making connections and relationships um, with, you know, play by play. It's just one of cause I've been in contact with the previous company I work for. It just has to be the right situation, you know? Um, and I, I think the way, the way I do it, I think in the combat sports world, like a lot of companies have their people and it's just when an opening happens that's when you have to kind of like act on it you know what i mean um so no I, I would say like yes if i go away for 12 days to do, do stand up sure that would you know take me away from trying to book a commentary gig but at the same time usually those are 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 not short notice you know gigs so i i wouldn't say i would say my attitude on stand up now definitely would keep me from uh maybe reaching a certain level of notoriety in stand-up but then again who knows my special could take off and there right. you go i mean that's a good th- modern modern comedy now you could put clips up and guess what a couple of clips go viral and you know you've seen multiple comics have careers now because of that
0: yeah Matt, right. that's the
1: benefit about it I mean, yeah that, so many so many guys um and girls they have the right clips and next thing you know they have a following and they can tour off it so that's kind of why i'm diy with my stand-up now um if i want to film something i'll put it together and like this special i thought you know, nobody else was talking about what I'm talking about now, you know, and that's why I called it Saudi stepdad. So, know. uh, yeah. So, so far so good, but yeah, sometimes I, I see your point. It, it is, it, it is hard to balance everything, but, um, I always stay sharp. That's the most important thing. Okay. So then answer this
0: question quickly. Don't think about it. If you had to cut one of the three stand up commentary or, um, voiceover, what would it be? Stand up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not trying to make you quit Santa. That's not my objective here. But I'm just trying to make you put things in perspective a little bit, right? Because yeah, day, at the end of the day, you're still trying to establish and maintain yourself in your house, right? I mean, that's you want to make sure you get a good family. I mean, because that's all at the end. Of, that's, all, that's all. That's all that's ever going to matter. All, you can get the best paying gigs in the world, and if your kids hate you, and none of it matters, right? Exactly. So So, um I would just I would recommend that if you feel things slipping with the family or you feel like disconnected or if you feel like things aren't going the right way, I would again sit all the kids down and your wife and ask, hey guys, if I had to give up one, which one do you guys want me to give up? You know, or do you guys feel like I'm dropping the ball? I mean, you gotta do that, that those check-ins, man. Because if you're not doing a check-in, you're gonna be clueless. And the next thing you know, you're gonna get 10 years from now and your kids are gonna be like, Well, I hate you because you never paid attention to me. Like, what? You didn't say anything. And then his answer or her answer will be, you didn't ask. Right. So, yeah.
1: All right. Do you think he struggled with confidence? Yes. And no, if I'm behind a microphone and I'm calling something, I feel like I'm the most confident person in the world. If I'm in front of a, a hot, like a great audience as a comic, confidence has flown. If I'm in the voiceover booth and I'm doing audition after audition, I'm always feeling confident. Um, but as far as my confidence in my, in my decision-making and my, um, maybe being too sensitive. No, that's something where I'm, I'm still trying to improve upon is, uh, is not taking everything so personal. Yeah. Well, don't confuse confidence with a
0: pro at what you do. I mean, being behind a mic or, Doing commentary, being in front of a camera, that's just, that's that's called preparation. Right. I mean, good at what you do because you've prepared for it. You've been doing it for long enough. You've made the mistakes along the way. So now, you know, when, you know, somebody says they're going to do, you know, a, a close up or a mid frame or they're going to, you know, they're going to trail into you, you know what they're saying because you've done it so well. That's just preparation, M- you know, met with, with an opportunity and then that's where that confidence comes from but that's not that's not confidence that's just preparation i mean when you're really really prepped at something when you feel really prepped at something like for instance for me um i do a lot of acting but i'm not an actor i suck at acting i'm not i'm not the guy that's rem- memorizes the lines and stuff like that but but when i'm in front of the camera i've done so much preparation that nobody's better than me when it comes to that That's not really confident. That's just being prepped and ready. That's confidence in myself. So when you say the phrase, I ask you, do you struggle with confidence? You say yes and no. There is no such
1: thing as yes or no. It's yes or no. It's yes. It's absolutely yes, then. Absolutely yes. There's no question about it.
0: Okay, but you understand where I'm going with this, right? Don't confuse the two, because then mm-hmm. let's say hypothetically something goes wrong with stand-up or wrong with commentary, you're going you're gonna to assume that it has something to do with your confidence and you can drop. That's not confidence. That's just, that's a series of random events gone wrong and the preparation did not pan out. Fuck it move on. That's not yeah. confidence. There are two separate things. So if you're, if you're feeling like you need to be working on your confidence more, where do you feel like you get confidence from? Preparation. You're really good at what you do, right? You prep. You're you're, you're meticulous. You 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 probably work on voice inflection when you're doing you know you're doing VOs, right? You're doing VOs in a booth. You're you're you you have to know what to go up with what to go down with. How to change it. How to switch it. How to enunciate. I'm not like that's preparation. Not everybody can do that, but you've done it for so many so often. I give you a script. You're going to walk into a booth. You're going to make all your marks. You're going to do the recording. And it's going to get done because you're a pro. That's confidence, right? That's confidence in what you do for preparation, but it's still the preparation. Um, so if you're feeling like you need more confidence in yourself as a man, or feeling you need more confidence in yourself as a husband or as a father, you have to start dissecting the things that are making you question your confidence within your home and then address them. I can't stress that anymore. I've said that a few times now. Address them. If, if it's with one of the kids, if it's with your wife, if it's with you know maybe you know as, you know as, as you're married your your uh your uh, sexual life starts to go down. So it goes from like all the time to kind of often to wait how long has it been? Like you actually know what I mean? Like that conversation, There's, that all that has to be addressed. It has to be talked to. It has to be dealt with, right? And only by doing that can you start feeling more confident in yourself because you're not trying to walk in the dark, you know, and, and navigating your way by feeling and like talking, you need, you need a light. And the only way to shine light in that scenario is to ask, what am I doing good? What am I doing bad? What do I need to work on? How can I be better? Same thing with your wife. What can I do better? How can I, how can I make our relationship stronger? Like little tiny things. And then, and, and then ask her to ask me the same question. So I can tell you because the only way you're going to get to a point where you're going to have to be so confident in yourself, mind you, if you get full confidence at home, brother, I'm not kidding you. If you get full confidence at home, I'm pretty sure whichever one, whether commentary or stand up, you decide to go all in on eventually, it'll it, because you're going to like let's say it's stand up. Let's you're going to be so confident and prep in, pre- in stand up now behind you where nobody can see. You have the backing of your family that brings you so much confidence because you know you're doing the right stuff, you know you're asking the right questions, you know you're listening, it takes your confidence as a man through the fucking roof. So now your preparation is gonna be mixed with, I also fucking own my home, like I'm killing it at home now too, so watch out, right? That's where you have to remember, that's where the confidence has to come from. It has to stem from that, has to stem from home. So ask questions, okay? 100%, yep. Okay, last question, man. Last question. If you could change one thing over the last 10 years, what would it be? One thing only. Oh, my
1: God. What? Oh, one thing We're over only the last one. 10 years.
0: It can't be like one thing and then subsidiary 15 things. It's a thing.
1: Yeah. Are we talking like an event or a... Oh, brother. I'm horrible at coming up with stuff in the moment. No.
0: What do you mean you're horrible coming stuff in the moment? You're a stand-up comic. What do you do when somebody heckles you? You don't know how no, to No, I'm help.
1: talking about, oh, no, that all day. I'm talking about recalling stuff and, you oh, know. recall. Um, there's something that you're holding on to that you need to let go of. What is it? That I'm, uh, could it be a thought? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> this question's for you, not me. I would say if there's one thing over the last 10 years that uh, I would like to, um, what was the exact phrasing? Get rid of, or if you could change, change, get rid of, drop, m-
0: m- alter. It's just one thing that you can look at over the last 10 years that you did, you experienced, you're doing Const- still that you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I-, I-, I would
1: say it's the, I would say it's the, the thought in the back of my mind that I'm not doing enough. Um, no matter what it is, or that I'm not enough. It's that thought, that, that, that little thought like that, that's always quite there that I just would love to just, like, just, you know, have it just go out the back of my brain for a hundred percent. I would say that that would be it. And I think like you just said, a lot of it goes into preparation. And I think like you said, it's, it's a hundred percent when you feel in control of, of the home, everything stems from there. And, and that's a, that's something I'm I want to work on every single day, and, and it really does come to being more open, being more open and talking. And right. That's something that's it's a, it's been a struggle for me, but it's something that needs to needs to improve. Well, I can tell you right now that
0: it, for your stand up comedy, your content, once you actually open up, and which everybody feels comfortable enough that that they're not gonna either be yelled at or looked at or. <clears throat> stuff, whatever it may be, maybe the uncomfortableness of a kid, the reason why, same reason why kids don't ask questions in class because they don't want to look stupid, whatever. Um, your your material that you're going to get from that is going to be on another level. It just really will. I know it's, it sounds weird, but you're probably holding back on some stuff when it comes to your stand-up because you don't want to ruffle feathers, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, whatever it may be, right? Maybe one of your kids is a complete asshole, but you don't want to say that out loud and on your special because then they'll hear it then they're going to feel it right but if the kid understands that it's about comedy and you could just be an asshole like my son I love my son but my son could be an asshole he's 14 he could be a real asshole and I don't hold back when I tell him hey man you tell me all the time when I'm being a jerk you're being an asshole right now you're treating mom wrong you're ignoring your sisters and you think that you could just go in your room and close it that's not how this house works we're open here everything's open you want to close your door then you'll come home tomorrow and there will be no door right i mean i'm just being honest with you you gotta you gotta we can't live ever we can't ever let our kids feel like it's okay for them to sink into their bed close their door and disappear because when we do that we lose connection and then they start being raised by instagram so yeah 100 good that's really good so and so the reason i ask these questions to you is that, <clears throat> And the reason that I've, we've kind of gone down this direction is because, again, after watching your special and then after just kind of seeing what you do, after talking through the, through, through, uh, through, throughout the months that we've known each other, one of the, the main things that I've seen is just like, I'm, I, I even told my wife, I'm like, you know, he's super talented. I wish he would just pick one thing and just fucking become a master at it. That's what the advice that I'm going to give you. You're really good at what you do. I'm not going to deny that you're really good if you suck i would tell you you suck just so we're clear like i'm not trying to freaking make you feel one way or the other if i thought your comedy was suck i would be like "Yo, this is not good like figure something else out just be honest like that's. i tried to do comedy once send my material to my comic friend and the email back to me was do not do comedy like (laughs) i didn't take it personal i didn't know what the hell i was doing and i can't take it personal so yeah. You're really good at what you do with preparation. You're really good at what you do in the, in the three fields that you do things in. And then your bottom field, which would be your family. Um, you're just the way your life looks online and the way you, how everything is presented. It really does look like it's more top heavy entrepreneur slash business guy slash, you know, um, public figure
1: and less dad, husband, yeah, we we don't we purposely don't post a lot about that on social media, though. So that that's, maybe, that's, maybe. that's
0: fine. I mean, I, I don't need you to. I just don't want you to ever feel yeah. like that is the thing that defines you or that it represents. Right. Definitely doesn't. So, but if you can master, become a master, right? There's no pr- watching a pro at work is awesome, but watching a master work is a whole different story. It's a whole different. Yeah. That's like a comic. Watching like Rogan or or um, like Matt Never. Ryder. Or, like Dalia, or all these guys do comedy, it's great because they're like, they've made a name for themselves. But when you can go two hours on a stool and literally talk about nothing and have it be the funniest shit in the world, like Chappelle can do, that's a fucking master. He's a master. Nobody better than him. So, I would employ you because, again, you want to make sure you maintain that balance. I would ask you to pick something to become a master at and then see if it kind of works, see if it works and falls in line, which then you can eventually let one or two things go. And I I get why you don't want to let them go. You're good at it. I wouldn't want to let them go either. Like if I'm good at something, why would I let that go? That doesn't make any damn sense to me. And you make
1: money at all three. So it's like that. Right, ah.
0: right. And, exactly, <laughs> and exactly, that's what I'm saying. You can definitely make money at all three or you can make a shit ton of money at one. And it's only because... You've, you've said to yourself, like, that's it. This is, I'm going to become a fucking master at this, right? And that's kind of like how I was with, like, the whole acting thing and then and, and for the last 15 years. I do acting, not because I'm a good actor, but just because I'm really confident behind the camera and I'm a confident individual because I know who I am. But I want to walk away from it. I mean, I'm, it's boring. me There's no challenge anymore. But I can tell you right now, I've made it a priority to make sure that my family life and the kids and stuff like that is the top level thing for me i always pay attention to that first before everything else because if i can handle this and i'm balancing this and i feel like everything's good here then no matter what you tell me from business or me not getting a job it's it's secondary i don't give a shit about that i can move on quicker from it it doesn't bother me i don't ever think like they don't i didn't get the job because they didn't like my audition i don't give a shit i understand that it's a numbers game cool but mm-hmm. saying you don't give a shit and actually knowing that you don't give a shit are two different things, right? So, yep. I mean, again, and, and in, mind you, the advice that I give or the suggestions that I give, Matt, you can do what you want with them. I don't give a shit because it's your life, not mine. I think that you are – the fact that you're aware enough and the fact that we've already talked about your awareness levels on on the different parts of your life is already put you at the 10-yard line getting ready to score while everybody else is still in the locker room. That's a good thing. it really is a good thing. I just figured out a way to balance it a little bit more become better yeah. become, become really fucking great at one thing you know, and don't i don't know, like I said if you're commentary and you're being with a team i i I get that and I understand that um and then you say you know it's kind of like a long term thing you gotta wait for a job to open and stuff like that. I would tell you bullshit <laughs> like bullshit if if there's a if there's an opportunity to do what you love more than anything. And it doesn't matter if there's zero opportunity on paper or on the internet. If your thing is, I want to do this, then just go get it. Like, for instance, if I told you you had to do commentary or, you know, and you have to figure out what it's going to be full time over the next six months or one of your kid dies, could you do it? No. <laughs> no, not. You couldn't do it. You, you wouldn't be able to motivate yourself enough to save your kid's life.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying one or the other. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, it's like,
0: here we go. I don't want to do it because I'm comfortable and I'm, I can make money on three ways. Or, yeah. and and, and it, this contract's only come once every six months. Or, hey, your kid's going to die in six months. You got to go find the job. Go. Like, have you ever put yeah. yourself in such a dire situation mentally that it's kind of like you're burning the boats? There is no retreat. You're going to go to war. I don't know, man. I just feel like you've been doing that for so long. And, you're, and, and it's your wheelhouse. I feel like, you, you know, the improv that you have to have on camera when things happen, it just really lends into your stand-up. Um, it also lends into you being a good father, okay? Mm. Um, you've been doing it for so long, I just feel like, I don't know if it's the fear of failure or the fact that nobody's making a phone call or, you know, why isn't people finding me? I, I don't know what the answer to your your scenario here is, but I do know that if I... Forced you to do it? I guarantee you would get it done in fucking two months. I don't think you've ever burned the boats. You've kind of given yourself these level, these ways out because again, it makes money, helps with the family, it supports it. I understand. I totally get it. Totally get it. I don't want to take away from it, but I just don't want you to look back ten years from now and be like, and me to ask that same question I asked you, and you're gonna, and you say, I should have picked one thing. I should have just went all the way. I should have just fucking burned the boats. Done, just went all in and became a fucking master at this because i feel like you can do it and again i don't mean and we barely know each other but just for watching you and watching how you do things there's not a lot of there's not a lot of second guessing yourself on camera it's very fucking straightforward you know and in my head i'm like just do this because he's great at this why doesn't he just become the best at this so again two cents whatever yeah. um Anyway, all right, man, that is, uh, that's it. That's all the questions I have. Johnny, thank you very much for coming on. Real quick before we go, because I'm going to have everything in the thing, tell everybody uh, where they can find your special. Um, And then what are the the two main platforms? Because I'm only going to really use two. Give me two main platforms where people can find you and then tell me, tell everybody where they can find your special and I'll go ahead and throw it on here uh, in the link.
1: Okay, Uh, easy. Uh, Jay Quasto on all socials, J-Q-U-A-S-T-O and uh, youtube.com slash Johnny Laquasto Johnny with no h and that's where the special is, or if you just google uh Saudi stepdad, I imagine that special will probably pop right up and uh, but yeah, i posted about it on all my socials and uh really proud of it I think uh you know feedback has been amazing, people have really enjoyed it, and they've said you know it, it just has like a a really positive uh effect after watching it because it's you know two people from different worlds came together and we're and we're making it work and I'm really happy with how it came out yeah. and I appreciate you having me on I, like i said i'm and, avid listener for, for a long time now. And I really, I don't want to underestimate how uh, helpful your podcast is. I mean, it's, it's, it's perfect. The the episodes are short and to the point you get something from every single episode and I have gotten something and it's really helped me a lot. So I want to thank you for, for what you're doing. Hey, thanks for listening to the
0: show. Listen, if you know a stepdad who is in need of any of this information, do me a favor right now, hit that subscribe button and share this episode with them as fast as possible. Did you do it? You okay? You did it. You hit this. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Quiet on the set, please. Thank you, everybody.